Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Eddie Brock. One Flash Thompson. One weekly discussion of comics and their culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. It's episode 187. Eric, how are you? I'm doing all right. I let you be Flash. You're the jock now. Eddie's, Eddie's pretty jock-like. I would say they're both they're both jocktacular. Wasn't Eddie a photographer? He's he like, was. You can you can you can you can take a feat and be multi class. <laughs> I guess that's true. I don't I don't I I've always got the impression that Eddie got all his muscles from Venom. I th- that would make sense, but like not make sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it happened to anyone else. Everyone else who, who Venom kind of I don't know. There's there were like skinny symbiote people who weren't all muscly. Mm-hmm. And actually, Eddie, when he was all sickly, he was uh, anti anti venom, and he wasn't all muscle muscle bound. He was a big mm-hmm. old boy. He was a like kind of slithery, s- snaky guy. He's a thin boy. Kinda. I don't know. Wasn't was not a big boy. A how do symbiotes boy. How do symbiotes work? I think it depends on how they're feeling at the time. I think... them. I mean the the jackasses writing comic books. <laughs> How how are they are leaning at the moment? Can Venom yeah. do this? Is there a reason he can't? No, probably. Then he can. Maybe tomorrow we maybe tomorrow we can't. But today he can. T- today he can climb a building. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow can't can't do that. I think most of his powers originally were just Spider Man powers. Yeah, that was yes. He he stole them from Spider Man, kind of like the symbiote copied them. Yeah, except he didn't set off the the the, the Spidey sense mm-hmm. because he knew Spider Man. For some reason, that somehow he was able to reverse engineer symbiotes as a scientist. I have to say, this has been our most on, uh, like on, like topic dicking around, but it's still dicking around. It's still dicking around. We should probably talk about the comic books, uh, like that are we, relevant. We will be talking about Venom. We will be talking about Venom, so it's not completely off topic. Uh, we will be discussing the new Teen Titans, the Judas Contract later on, Nerdboy Book Club, some Deathstroke, the Terminator. Mm-hmm. Slade. Can't wait. Slade Wilson. It's a good name. It is a good name. It, it, it no, 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 no. It's not. I like. Okay, not Deathstroke the Terminator, but Slade Wilson's a cool name. I like Slade Wilson. Don't you're gonna name my next cat will be your, Slade Wilson. Your, I was gonna say your children, but you're gonna get another cat. Did you know uh, uh, Mags Visaggio also named her cat Danger Mouse? No, but that's I I I, I endorse that decision. Mm-hmm. I of mean, course you do. I mean, I I did it first, so of course mm-hmm. I I any you know homages. Did you, did you also write Kim and Kim? I did not actually did. write any uh, comic books. No, you sort of did. I wrote it. I, yes, I I I've contributed to mm-hmm. your comic. Yes, yes, but mm-hmm. I did not write Kim and Kim for sure. I can verify that one hundred percent. Did not do that. <laughs> let's let's hey comic books. Yeah. Comic books that came out this week, actually. It is time for Weekly Floppies. 
We've Lobbies is the Law Show. Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved. It goes from one to five. Uh, this this also also has Venom, which came out technically a week and a half, two weeks ago by the time you're listening to this probably. So it is, this is not, Venom is not entirely new, but I wanted to talk about Venom in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, our first book of the week is Generation X. Number two, written by Christopher Christina Strain, art Amilcar Pinna, colors Philippe Sombrero, with J. David Ramos and Chris Sotomayor, letters Clayton Cowles. Uh, continuing to follow this book for a bit, see uh, how we feel about it. Where are you, where are you, Eric? I'm. That's what I'm really interested in is how you feel about this after the second issue. I see no reason to stop reading this. Okay, it's uh, more of exactly what I liked out of the first one. I, I don't know. I feel like it's going to say and do things that are interesting and different, but also kind of give me the right feeling about X-Men. You know what I mean? Like, it, it it's, I don't know. It's going to work. It's going to be on brand. These these wayward, crabby, mutant children fighting with each other and fighting against people that don't like them and like them and Quentin Choir being a douchebag and... I don't know why there's two guys with that same haircut, though. That seems like a bad decision. Two guys? Well, there's I, who this other like new mutant guy with the exact same haircut as Quentin Quire. Oh, right. Yeah. Like, I think that that's a poor decision. This artist kind of can't. I mean, the color works, but it, it, it's hard to tell them apart, I think. Like, if there's just like a headshot of both of them in panel, you're like, okay. I, it's I, not, I, not the smartest decision. Yeah, I I'm I feel like I still really w- want to like this book, and I still feel like I really like all parts of this book. Mm-hmm. I like everything that's not them fighting the purifiers. I thought that was stuff was fine. I think it's not bad or anything. It's just not what I kind of like. What was really interesting to me was the idea of a class of mutants that are like, well, you're not gonna be fighting. Like, your powers mm-hmm. aren't really, like, you're not going to be, like, a part of the strike force or something. So, so they put gold balls yeah. on a team, and now they're giving these guys shit. They're like, man, gold balls fucked everything up. Uh, there was, there was, which X-Men was it? I forget which run, I get them all mixed up in my head, but there was an X-Men who, uh, well, a mutant, I guess, who, his only ability was that he couldn't get hurt. Like, mm-hmm. he could not be damaged. Like, he was in, basically impregnable from everything. But he wasn't strong. Uh, and he wasn't like he, he didn't really have any other use. He could just kind of march through f- combat and not get hurt. Uh, but what it ended up happening is he left the team and just started helping like disaster recovery teams. Mm-hmm. Like he could go through abandoned buildings or you know earthquake zones and not have to worry about himself getting hurt, and he could help recover people, save people who are buried or something. And I thought that was an interesting idea. I feel like that is still an interesting idea where the the Charles, the 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 academy is more not just training killers basically, but also preparing mutants for life outside of being around a bunch of other mutants, being around humanity, and just kind of surviving life, being a a weirdo. And I like that's a very intriguing idea to me. Uh, I do like. I think this book is slightly more focused than that first one. I think the purifier fight kind of. Also, I think that's my problem with the rear fire fight. It kind of unfocuses uh, things a little bit. I like this more than the first issue. I still like the art a lot. I think mm-hmm. I like the weird kind of trippy, yeah. weird hands and eyes and art, like big eyes and kind of 
weird perspective and stuff like that. I think it's very suitable for this this book in particular. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm just like I think I'm a mushy buy in this. I I I hope that I I'd rather it not be like oh we're fighting purifiers every week. I'd rather it be like well Quentin Quire's a douchebag uh, and it's like these these young mutants kind of trying to deal with the all the other mutants and maybe I, I like the focus on trying to make their way up into the combat team and what that actually means. Like, do they actually want to be a part of the X-Men proper? Just like, mm-hmm. Hey, I'm okay in life. Just handling, taking care of myself and my power and dealing with that. Like, that's really interesting to me. And I, and I think that that's kind of how I'm reading this. This is going to be more of that kind of character focused story. I mean, there's going to be elements of these fights and things put in there and I don't think they're bad, but I just see that potential in this, and I'm hoping that's the direction it goes in. Yeah, it's it still feels pretty good to me. I'm 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 fully on board. Um, this Quentin Quire looks just like Richard Spencer. To be fair, Quentin Quire had that look first. I guess so. It's it's Richard Spencer biting Quentin Quire's look. Quentin Quire looked like that in like 2001. Oh man, you hear that, Richard Spencer? Mm-hmm. We're calling you out as a biter. Well. I'm going to call him out for much worse things than that, but he's not listening to the well, podcast. Well, I mean, it's, it's like in Rick and Morty. You know, I'm comfortable being called a Nazi. You think you can hurt my feelings? <laughs> yes, exactly. Just hurt, hurt his face instead. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a, like I, I'm like a mushy, like I'm a mush meter, like I'm a two, I think. Like, I, I think that I like the direction the book's going in, and I, I like, I, I just, I, I, I guess I shouldn't be reading super, superhero comics expecting I don't want fights in them, but. I think some books are good with fights, and some books are sparse fights. I'm I'm more sparse fights for this book in particular. You love dumb punching. Come on. I mean, I'm not against it. Just appropriate dumb punching, I think. Appropriate punching? I mean, I, I like uh, 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 Luther Strode a bunch. That's a bunch of dumb punching. That is, that is almost literally all it is. That and, and dick shots. And, like, people's head exploding. Yeah, and chainsaw crotches. Yeah, lots of lots of things like that. Uh, so double buy, which we're one, I guess. If we uh do some averaging, some meaning. Mm-hmm. You're a meanie. No, I'm not. Not to my kitties. Gross. <laughs> I I I know you so well. Our next book is Cable Number One, written by James Robinson, pencils Carlos Pacheco, inks Rafael Fonteras, colors Jesus Abertov, letters Corey Pettit. You know me so well. It's why you picked this book. I knew you love Cable. He has mm-hmm. that. He has Cable's. He Cable's has, my favorite. He has like a robot arm and a and a robot mm-hmm. eye, and he has that like weird star scar on his on his other eye, and he travels through time. He's a Summers. He's got a gun that doesn't make sense. He's got multiple, pouches on pouches on pouches. Lots of, lots of pouches. A bandolier for with ammo that he never uses. Yeah, that. But it's got Doctor Mario pills in it. Oh. See, in case, is, in case he has to fight a giant anthropomorphic virus, like match like versus like, and they'll disappear. Yeah, that's the way it works. Uh, you get like you get two two of them on top of him, and he just dies. So time hopping cable, trying to help the time. I, I guess that's what's happening. I'm not, I'm not really sure what the the necessary. Yeah, he's he's traveling through time and chasing someone. I don't know that someone is putting weird weapons in 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 history mm-hmm. it's like time cop yeah so you're saying this is cable time cop it basically is yeah i think so 
I mean, I think I don't know. I I reluctantly like this book. Okay. What do you mean? Why reluctantly? Well, I think we've covered my feelings pretty adequately about Cable. I don't think this is a bad book. This is this is a dumb book, but it's I don't know. It's fun. What do you want out of a out of a a cable book? You know? The last one He's the knife last... fighting <laughs> samurais with, with hot pixel swords. He is and he's he's shooting cowboys with, with laser guns. He is. I mean it's, it's kinda cool. I like it. He teleports on a horse. Well, the last cable book was basically Lone Wolf and Cub. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, and he's trying. He's running from Bishop. That was a while ago, though. And then the one before that was like he was the straight man to Deadpool. Yeah. I'm just. What, I, what, what's I, I would your like. Hesitation? I would like a direction. That's really. I, that's really all I'm. I, I like. I don't know why. I don't know specific like the inherent mystery of like why is Cable jumping through time just isn't enough to propel me. To, like, make me care about Cable. I don't know. This is like the Cable Spaghetti Western to me. You know, and maybe I'm thinking that mostly because of the opening, but it it's like, that's just kind of who his terrible character is, is he's Clint Eastwood in a Clint Eastwood movie. And we're just going to watch him go around and eventually we discover, like, oh, here's this this bad guy. And yeah, he's going he's gonna to take him down. I, I think if this was... A max book, I'd like it more. I get that. I kind of feel like uh, this would this would be okay, gory. Like but I, I don't, I, I, I kind of don't mind this weird all ages, like slick and glossy and kind of cuddly book. You know, it's like a it's like a dumb PG thirteen action movie. I, I just, I, I don't, I, I can't, I can't find enough bad about it to. Well, to I don't, I don't it. think it's bad. Like I think what it's. I, I think my only like critique with like its execution is that I don't have a really a hook on it, a hook in uh, hook. I, I'm not like I, I assume that most people buying this are like I like Cable a bunch, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna read the Cable comic book. I am just an average average Joe who really liked. I like Cable when he's in his element. When he's in like if Cable showed up showed up in that old uh, in the in the Uncanny X Force book. I would not. Bl- I would have not blinked an eye. I would have gone. Yep, that makes perfect sense. They are traveling mm-hmm. through all these worlds, and it's bad '90s characters everywhere that we're redeeming. I would go okay, but Cable by himself, I I just need a thing, an impetus. And if I think I think if this was like grittier and was more like the old, like the Spaghetti West, the, like uh, for a few dollars more, or Good, the Bad, the Ugly. And was, well, those are not really that gritty, though. There's I, not there's mm. not a lot of blood or gore. I mean, it's they're dirty though. They they're yeah. like everyone doesn't look like they've bathed. Mm-hmm. Everyone looks it, it. It. I mean, I'm not talking about like. I'm more like that's just general mood. They're they're. I don't. Maybe the the art is very nice in this. It looks really good, but maybe it's just too it's too slick. Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, I don't know. I I think I'm a like a extremely mushy buy because again, I don't. It's just me, like, general mm-hmm. Reddit. I think I would give this book you a have chance. Some, you have some fee-fees about this book. Yeah, I would give this book a chance because it's only one issue, and I think it doesn't do anything wrong. And give it a couple issues to see where it goes, see what it does. Yeah. See if I, if, like, a hook develops, like, of what he's chasing. I just don't want another four issues. I don't want, like, the whole first arc is he's, he's in fighting samurai. Like, I think mm-hmm. the variety is 
Also, like, Cable just gets his arm chopped off, like, right away. Mm. Eh. I guess that does happen. Yeah. So, like, by I'm a five. I'm full up. That's amazing. I'm perfectly confident in this book. I'm a-okay with it. A-okay. Yeah, it could it could actually be pretty dumb in the long run, and I think I'd still get behind it. So that's a double buy. On Somehow. Cable, on, on Cable number one with a mush meter of 2.5. Our next book up is the aforementioned Venom number 150. They had to renumber it because they hit 150 mm-hmm. among all the Venoms that have existed. They, uh, that's what that one page is that yeah. they showed you the math. Yeah, they're like, look at all these Venoms. Uh, written by Mike Costa, art Trad Moore, colors Philippe Sobrero, letters Clayton Cowles. Trad Moore drawn Venom. Yep. Venom that is happens. Venom's on Eddie Brock now. Mm-hmm. I don't. I like. I like Agent Venom a lot. I do too. I think Flash Thompson is a better character than Eddie Brock every day of the week. I don't mind what this is doing though. I, I mean, I I do agree with you. That, you know, we both have that soft spot in our heart for Agent Venom. I don't hate this. I, 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 I mean, I think, like, definitely, like, I think when I first started reading comics, the thing that really kind of drew me in was, I think it was the Eric Larson art of Amazing Spider-Man, where he fought Venom. And, like, it just blew my mind. Like, his art just floored me. And just, I, I loved it so much. So, like, it's not a tough sell to show me Eddie Brock Venom. That's a thing that I will essentially always like, even though I love Agent Venom. I, I mean, I think they're doing something interesting with this, with mm-hmm. Eddie, with Eddie, and that, you know, it's it's like a, a love affair. Mm-hmm. It's like a, 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 a sick, um, um, codependent relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and that's real, that's interesting to me. I like it. Yeah. I just and Eddie Brock is the he's a, an abuse victim. <laughs> kind of. Uh yeah. I just every issue this is not going to be drawn by Tradmore. Mhm. And I like I'm a buying this issue cuz Tradmore's drawing it. Uh drawn Venom and it looks really awesome. Oh yeah. Uh and the writing is solid. I just have some doubts about Eddie Brock in the long term because Spider-Man is not, I don't, like, I don't, is it, he just going to be killing innocent, is, is he going to be fighting Venom killing innocent people, uh, or anyone that tries to help him? Like, it, it, I'm curious, I am curious to see what happens. Uh, I just, I think part of it, I just, I really like, I, I, I resented that they took Flash off Earth. To mm-hmm. com- they, they, Colin Bunn had a really good good thing happening with it i liked i liked all that stuff he was doing with mania that the weird uh relationship where he's trying to you know help raise uh andy as mania and like that was an interesting thing and then immediately uh for bendis made venom part of the guardians of the galaxy and that and then he was venom space knight and those were comics were fine but i i liked flash thompson like settling into the role of venom and help and like his relationship with mania was very interesting maybe there'll still be Flash Thompson. We, I mean, he's in the backup story, so there might still be Flash mm-hmm. Thompson around. But I, I, I always wanted, I wanted more of that. Uh, so this is kind of, it, it's going to have to win me over, I guess. Win my heart. I'm still a buy, though. This comic's good. So that's a double buy. Venom, number 150. Next up is Joe Golem, The Outer Dark, number one. 
Joe Golem, the occult, occult detective, colon, the outer dark, number one. It's, it's not good names. It's, it's a lot of names. It's a lot of names. <laughs> yeah. Story by Mike. Yeah. And you, go, what were you going to say? I was going to say it's the, that's the, the outer dark is the, the arc. Yes. The outer dark is the arc. Part, part one of the outer dark, Joe Golem, called detective, number one of five, part one of three, number six in a series. What does all that mean? I think someone is bad at math. <laughs> okay. Uh, story by Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden. Art by Patrick Reynolds. Letters, Clem Robbins. Colors, Dave Stewart. I, I guess this is in the... I don't know if this is technically in the Mignola-verse. I definitely, like, read it as such. Okay. But, I mean, I, I think I mean, it, it could be It could be either or. Mm-hmm. It could be in... It could be... It, it doesn't matter, really. It's just weird, spooky stuff and, and, mm-hmm. and, noir, and noir stuff. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's fine. Okay. I think I think just like Mignola being attached to a comic book, I just am always completely flat on it because I feel like I should like this more than I do, and it's not bad. It it's somewhat intriguing. I just it doesn't add up to an amazing comic book to me. It adds up to something that's good and palatable and readable, but it's it's just mostly fine. It feels yeah i think like the word i would say is like it is good mm-hmm. it is competent it does not yeah. excite me yes. like i read i like the book that i like i detect the black money murders i read i like that book a lot i am subscribed to it i read it uh that book feels like it's doing this and more it like it feels like it's going like it like yeah it's an occult detect- detective story and it's on top of that it's doing a little bit extra uh or any of the the Brubaker um Phillips stuff like it feels like they are doing they they have it like a little bit extra edge of something on top of like yeah we're doing a very competent detective noir sometimes supernatural story like you fatal we read fatal fatal was do, was doing this but more i think like this doesn't have the extra thing that i'm looking for it just feels like like there's that golem is introduced in the beginning and then we don't get any more of him. And I'm like, why? I don't know if I'm supposed to know more about this stuff because I've read other, if I'm supposed to have read other Mignola books before this one to get the full thing. I don't know, but I, I feel like I'm missing something that's like the, in this, then the background that's supposed to be intriguing. Like, it just feels like, yeah, there's a weird mystery and it's done really well. Uh, I like the art. I like the writing. Um, I've actually I used to read Christopher Golden novels when I was a teenager. Uh, I've always enjoyed his, you know, kind of this pulpy horror stuff. Um, I, I, like I guess I'm a buy. I just but like mushy. I I think I have to put some mush in there. Like I feel like there's something missing from this. Like that extra thing because you can't just do hey this is a noir detective story with some supernatural stuff in it, horror stuff in it. That's not enough. Like there's competition. You have to. I like. I don't. I'm not getting the extra spice in there. It feels kind of by the numbers. I don't know. I think it just is. I I think this Manila just doesn't excite me personally. I don't even know that I would call it by the numbers. I I, I don't know because there's there's weird fun stuff in here. There's interesting ideas. Just meh. Oh, you do not buy. I'm conflicted to say. Yeah, I'm a do not buy on this, but I wouldn't spend my money on this. And I wouldn't encourage other people to either. It's not like it's bad. It's just, you know, 
If your dollars are competing, put it somewhere else. Unfortunately, Mignola's not a ba- not being a bad creator here. It's just I don't know. It's not finding the spice. The, the spice must flow, right? The spice must flow. That's that's uh, that's what they said. That is what they said. I I'm a, like I think I'm a four. Like I'm a biomush four. I like I like it. I think. Yeah. Well, if like someone handed me the collection of this, I would I would read it. But I don't know if I'm gonna. I'll maybe I'll read it down the read the collection down the road. That's kind of where I'm at with this. Where it's like that that is kind of I I think we're in agreement. Even though like we're yeah, I think it has interesting things in it. Uh, I just don't. I think that there's I could think of multiple comics that do the same thing but better. It it feels a little generic, I guess. Like if the the golem part, like the title of the comic book is Joe Golem, you get the golem like in the first four pages, and then you're just modern day detective dude, and or not modern day, but present day in the comic detective dude, and there's no magic around really. It's just like, hey, there's a spooky guy on a train with some German guys. I'm like, okay, what what does that all that mean? I don't. That's not inherently. I need to know. Give me the hooks of why. You Joe- don't think you don't think he's full of paper? That must be it. That's the solution. Full of mm-hmm. paper. Yeah. Well, that's what you that's how you program a golem. It's the first computer. Sure. Because golems are real. <laughs> uh so that's a split decision on Joe Golem, called Detective number one, the outer dark, part one of three, number six in the series or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh our last book is Little Nightmares number one, written by John Shackelford, Art, Aaron Alexovich, Alexovich, uh, plot Alex Pacnado and Dan Waters, colors Thiago Ribeiro, letters Jim Campbell, and ed- editor plot John Freeman. There's a lot of plot in this. A lot of a lot of fingers in the old pie. This is a video game. I was reading this and thinking, like looking at the key art, and I'm like, this doesn't look like a comic book. This looks like a fucking like indie game. It is. It it is an indie video game. I played it. Yes, I played it. So. it why are we reading this book? I was curious. That's really. The I, mean, end, I, I don't like. I don't like hate it, hate it, hate it. But like, how many times are we gonna see like the 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 discolored like grizzly cook guy that's supposed to be scary? How many times are we gonna see that? Um, probably a lot more times. I'm not, I'm not gonna say this is the last one. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we're gonna see more of them. It's they a just... pretty. They just keep happening. It's a pretty easy trope to make a, yeah. a thing. I, I mean, the, it's the big, the big fat, like weird colored cannibal guy. I mean, I cook. I, I was curious because I played the video game some. I haven't finished it. It's pretty hard. Uh, and I was wondering what they would do with a comic book because, frankly, like playing the game, I feel like there is room for an interesting comic book narrative in there. Like you could easily set a comic book around the world that that game is set in and make it interesting. This thing is spinning its wheels. It's, yeah. it, it doesn't, like half of it, like it's trying to set up some frame narrative or something and it is it is pointless. I don't need to, I, if you're reading this comic book, I'm assuming you probably, most people probably play the video game or at least saw the video game and went like, oh, there's a, or maybe they, you, you could get caught by the art too because it is pretty uh, distinctive. Um, it's certainly not poor. I, I just, it like, it's rehashing a lot of stuff that's in the, in, it's like a lot of mood pieces. It's not like you're following any like straight story. And I think it could have, if it was just simple, like you're, you could still follow 
raincoat girl through an adventure, and that has that's all it has to be. But instead, you like get like sitting around a campfire with the other ones, and then there's a story, and then it changes. Like it's constantly moving around, and it doesn't need to. It seems pointless. It seems a, to the like the interesting thing about the video game is like in the world is that it 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 doesn't explain itself, and it feels like you're living through a child's fears. Mm-hmm. And you could easily like this could be the background for that, and say you could somehow put her in a real world and then have a shadow world be where all the fears and nightmares live and work some dichotomy out of that. Who knows? That's just an idea off the top of my head. I don't get that one for free. Yeah. This is just, it feels messy and aimless. Like I, I, I thought it could, I thought there was like fiction. You could, I'm not against like tie in licensing, especially when the video game itself has like very little definition to the limits of it. So like the comic book could easily just go and do what its own thing, I guess, but I, it didn't, it seems like it's firmly rooted to the video game. And that doesn't like, that's not, doesn't help. That doesn't, no, no that's not, you, you've, I think gone, like you've gone on the record and like, you don't write stories like a video game. If you're not playing no. a video game. You, no, I think they're always grotesque. I always hate them. Like that's, that's not good. Like video games are interesting because you're playing the character. Mm-hmm. Like if you are not if if it's not interactive in that way, the story is not is going to fall flat. And like that's comparing stories in video games to stories everywhere else are is yeah uh, not this, the, the, yeah, the, yeah the, I mean the idea of a video game is you don't have to do all these save the cat moments and endear the character. Like you don't have to understand the character because you are the character. Mm-hmm. You know, I already understand who I am. I'm just controlling a thing and I'm trying to understand the world. It's it's a very different structure in a comic book or any any kind of other work of fiction. Yeah, and, and this doesn't ever set up a clear narrative. It's just like mm-hmm. it's it's trying to do mood pieces and weird single page stories. And I'm like, this is not what I, I again. I'm not I'm a do not buy. I think it it could like there's potential in that world, but this doesn't sell me on it. It doesn't do anything yeah. for me. Yeah, I think a video game's cool. What, video game what? looks awesome. Video game's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm watching the videos for it. It's very weird and creepy. Yeah, I mean, very like Tim Burton-y. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, really nice. I think that I don't know, like the 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 trope of um, the 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 tropey things. They, they feel worse in a work of fiction versus in a video game. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like you can get away with dumb tropey stuff. Like you know the 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 cannibal cook guy in a video game. I, I don't know why that is, but I look at it here and like it doesn't. I don't even care. It's like oh, that's a weird stage. There's a fire. You have to run around. You have to jump on dishes, and you know he's a giant guy. It's uh, I don't know. I don't bat an eye at that, but you show me that in a television show or a comic book, I'm just like ugh. Try again, please. I think there's still a lot of things that are relatively novel in video games because we just haven't seen them as much in in video games. And I suppose so, but I don't know. Particularly indie games, every new game is kind of its own spin on everything. So even if you take something that's tropey, you're going to be just fundamentally doing something weird. You know, and this game is doing something weird. Yeah, I'm a do not buy on the comic. Double do not buy. I believe we are. On the comic. Yeah, no, th- no, no, thank you. Don't need this in my life. Um, we can move on. 
to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the bar show. Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to uh, during the time since our last recording. Uh, check in with uh, recommendations or what we've been doing, stuff like that. You went to er- MegaCon, mm-hmm. Eric. I was MegaCon, man. I wish I was. I wish I could have gone. It was. Uh, it was a good MegaCon. I wish I'd been able to spend more time there, but I was mostly doing it as an excuse to hang out with friends and just sort of get the lay of the land. But I, it, it was a real brief fly through. Did not get to talk to a lot of people that I knew that were there. Some people said that uh, you know they did pretty well at the con. Uh, I don't really know like um, how it compares. I think this is the first real MegaCon run by Fan Expo. Am I correct on that? Do you yes. know? Yeah, that's true. I did not see a whole lot of difference other than my ticket cost fifty five goddamn dollars. It was like forty five or something last year, and that's just it's outrageous. These ticket prices to cons, it's insane how much they cost. It's I, insane and unfair. I think, and I, I think am, a lot of cons are like. They have people over the barrel on Saturdays. Yeah. So they, I mean, I, I think Calgary Expo, the the tickets for Saturday were $20 more than tickets for Friday or Sunday. Oh, and no I'm, doubt. I'm sure Megacon was the same. It's like, well, we know people want to go on Saturday and it's, we'll just charge them a million dollars and they'll pay it. Well, I mean, it's all the, it's all the guests, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's what the cause is. You know, you have to pay these people to show up and get paid to be there. You know, to the, you need to pay them to sit there, and so I can pay them eighty dollars for their autograph or to take a picture with them. It's friggin' stupid. I, I but like that's also probably how you bring people in. It's just really frustrating that that is kind of what the con experience is turning into. I think that there are. I mean, Heroes Con is yeah. like one that is built around comic books first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what you kind of have to make your decision. Like, I think Fan Expo's thing is yeah. like, we're going to charge a lot of money. We're going to have, it's going to be big and it's going to have a lot of celebrities. I mean, to be fair, they did have it. I, I mean, I, the reason I would have gone, I would have liked to have gone is because Jason Aaron was there. Cause Tom King was there. Mr. Rods was there. Mm-hmm. A bunch of other very talented comic creators was there a lot of them i I unfortunately didn't get to see i did get to speak to jim zub though which was fun i had never met the zub before yeah uh and uh i don't know that's your way you get and that is i think is how you get people in the door unfortunately i mean people want to see the celebrities they don't they're not necessarily there to uh they'll they'll walk through they might walk through artist alley one time and look at all the big giant art Mm -hmm. and say that is a character i recognize i will buy that one print there's there is some truth to that. I, as I, as long as creators and independent artists and and as long as these people can make money, I really don't care. They can do any stupid thing they want as long as it gets eyeballs in there and people coming in to do whatever. I think that's all fine. But at a certain point, your tickets fifty five dollars. Like, how much are these broke ass people going to have left to spend in the con? You know, yeah, I don't know. I I had a good time, and as long as my friends that count on these things as a substantial part of their income, as long as they're okay, you know, as long as their revenues aren't dipping, then it's all good. But I think um, I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna shape out different. It's gonna be interesting what's gonna happen because obviously, if they can't continue to make money, they're not gonna continue to come and the quality at artist alley is going to dip and 
people are going to start go- stop going there for Artist Alley entirely and go wherever. So it's just interesting how this is going to play out. Well, I think that, I don't know. I, just looking at the guest list, it looks like they are, I think they clearly are trying to court every type of fan. They want people who yes. want to, they want there to people who want to go, uh, go talk to the dude who writes Batman. They want the people who want to pick a photo op with Tim Curry. They want people mm-hmm. who are going to be, uh, cosplaying and competing in cosplay competitions. They want people yep. who are going to be playing board games. They want all of those people. So they're going to try yeah. and have a, the the best cons are the ones that court everyone and have enough yes. for everyone. De- so. No, and that's that's definitely what Dragon Con does. Mm-hmm. And I'm like I said, I'm I am I am always for that. That is that is okay to me. I I I like that. But I think there is an, there is an upper limit to ticket price when people are just like yeah. that's too much. I can't. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. People just. They're not going to do it. I think that they're probably all those people who all those people who run those cons are like probably poking at that and seeing what is it, what is as high, what's uh-huh. the highest we can go without people revolting. Which I think what oh there was some con that people did revolt. Was it MegaCon? I, I some con there was the pricing. I mean, it, maybe it was MegaCon's initial pricing came out and people mm-hmm. like me like no, no way. And I think they b- backed it off a little bit to fifty five dollars for a, a single day. Yeah, it's a lot. That is a lot. Dollars. Of course, Disney is twice that. So people who yeah, are tour, people who are tour, happen to be in Orlando for the weekend, seeing going to see a person from Guardians of the Galaxy or something was is cheaper. Well, I mean, you you're you're very lucky if you can ride Chris Pratt. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman. You saw Wonder Woman. I did see Wonder Woman. How was that? It was okay. Um, like I kind of don't under do what now? No, go ahead. You finish your thought. Well, I kind of don't understand the hype around it being like an amazing movie. Like I think it's good. I think it's got some charming elements to it. Um, how do you pronounce her name? Gal uh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. I believe, I I believe it's Gal Gadot. Is my that that's, is I, I that's a think... weird name. It's, it's a weird name. It's alliterative. That's probably enough for a superhero. It's a, it's, it, it's a comic book name, right? Yeah, it is. Um, I thought she was very cute as Wonder Woman. I don't know that I wanted a cute Wonder Woman. Um, everyone like liked a lot of scenes in it. Like you know, the, the they were going to try and stop the war uh, in World War One. They're they're trying to stop this massive chemical attack. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna try and be as as broad and spoiler free as possible. Mm-hmm. You can obviously cut anything that's uh, you think is too much. I mean, if if you haven't seen Wonder Woman yet and you wanna not just avoid it entirely, you can yeah, just skip the you, whole conversation. Just, yes, but I'm going to yeah. I'm going to be as as broad and spoiler free as I can. Um, I don't know. There's this one scene that everyone keeps referring to where she jumps into no man's land. They're like literally going to try and stop a huge incident and they're trying to get there quickly. And she's like, no, I want to go save these people in front of me. And I, I don't know. It was it was a good character. The, the, the story's well written. You know, there's not a lot of things really to criticize other than it. I think I just don't like movies anymore, honestly. <laughs> I, I watch I watch movies and I was like, well, this is dumb, but like I'm kind of like criticizing a thing for being what it is. I mean, I, and I recognize that, you know, but like it's it's a silly thing that like they're they're literally going to stop a massive chemical attack and they're stopping to, you know, get in the middle of stalemate fighting 
in in um, in Europe. I don't know. It was it was a weird thing to me. Um, the moments when when Gal could like be cute or funny, or the script was cute or funny, I thought worked really well. I thought uh, Chris Pine really stole the scenes an awful lot, uh, just being funny and playing off of her. She's like a mannequin. I don't think like she can't like emote. She just sort of mugs the camera. I I don't know. I did not hate her in the role. It's just she's a much softer Wonder Woman than I would like. I ju- I guess I just I want like my Terminator Two Linda ha- Linda Hamilton to be Wonder Woman. It's not really going to happen again. Um, but not a terrible movie, you know. I just I have some weird criticisms about it and it's it's not perfect and it's the 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 ending and the big bad i think is weak i think that's a but symptom of a lot of superhero movies in general i mean that's a criticism it, it of a lot is. of marvel movies is that their enemies the villains aren't that great aside from like loki mm-hmm. is the only good marvel villain in the movies i liked uh i liked ronan yeah he's fine i think i, he, thought, I mean i i thought that um what's his name lee Lee Weeks, what's his name? Yeah, Lee Weeks, that's his name. Yeah, I, I, I like him. His giant eyebrows. <laughs> I would say, I think he's a good actor. I think they just didn't. He didn't have a lot to do. You know, he's just supposed no. to be big dude, big angry kind of Shakespearean s guy with a hammer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wish they hadn't killed him. I wish he had. Yeah, that I was, wish he was senseless. Alive. But whatever. Um, it's a comic book thing. He'll he may, probably he, be. I mean, he'll, he'll be right back. They have Infinity Stones. He can. They can just go. Pop. He's alive again. Yep. If they want to. Literally, what can happen? Uh, are you a? Uh, let me. Ask, are you a buy on Wonder Woman? I need. I need this I, in metrics. I can understand. Oh, of course. We have to. We have to stay on brand here. Um, I. I do think. I think you should see it. Okay. I think you should. You should take your wife. It's a good movie. You know, I think she'll enjoy it. I think a lot of people will enjoy it. It just, it feels like, it feels too small, but at the same time feels like it's really trying so hard to convince me that smallness is really big, you know? Is, I mean, I think, pro- I what I imagine a lot of the reviews are is, they're very glowing. I think is one, mm-hmm. it's a DC movie that's not garbage. Yes. Correct. It it is not literally like bottom ten percent. I believe the status said that it is above. It is all the other DC movies combined aren't better than its Rotten Tomato score. Mm-hmm. Like if you take Man of Steel and Superman and Batman and Suicide Squad, they're all combined lower than Wonder Woman's score right now. So like anything that's even remotely passable if coming from that cinematic universe is suddenly like oh thank something sunshine. <laughs> All we've had is like thunderstorms for years, and suddenly a movie that's not that Zack Snyder's not involved with, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think you know, largely it's just you know, it's Wonder Woman. We have never we there's never been a Wonder Woman movie. It's yeah, no, it's novelty. You know, it's something new. Which mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 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 fine with. I'm gonna see that. I have I have not watched any of the other any of the other DC movies. I'll see this one. So there's that. Yeah, I think you should. I kind of want to see the other ones, but I don't watch a lot of movies, and I don't think I I don't really want to go out of my way to watch bad to ones. Watch <laughs> well, I would like to make up my mind for myself whether I I think it's bad or not. I'm willing to give things the benefit of the doubt, um, but I am not thrilled about the idea of 
sitting down and wasting my precious time watching a movie that people whose opinions I respect say is bad. Yeah, that's really this is a, that's yeah, where I'm at. Exactly. Like I, I, I don't particularly care so much for getting caught up in the internet circle jerk of like, oh, this, this is so bad. But like, I don't know if people that yeah, friends, people online say it's not good. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. Right. I have no reason to. Right. Got anything else? Uh, I have finished almost all my art for Heroes Con. It's very good. I've spent a lot of money. It's just I'm, it it yeah it it hurts. It does. I've I don't I, I don't like it. I imagine not. I've I've, I've been talked about. That's a good segue, Eric. I think. Mm-hmm. Because I've I I I'm revising my novel again. Good. And I still I keep thinking about it. I need to read it. Uh, well, you have the. Well, it doesn't matter at this point. Uh, the I shall. I'll read whichever copy. It well, doesn't matter. I, yeah, exactly. If I revise it by the time you read it, I'll send you the new one. Um, and it's getting to the point where I have to decide what to do with it. Mm-hmm. If I want to try and get it, if a, you know, query agents with it, or try or self publish it, and all those require multiple different steps, and you can't do both, at least not first. Uh, no, but unless it's a it's a pretty rare and miracle thing if that works. No, you, it's very few people self-publish, and then that turns into an actual publishing deal. That's a very yeah, very that's... small list of people. Um, Chris Chris Weir, The Martian, did that, but I, also very... Aragon, the right. wonderful work of fiction, Aragon. <laughs> yeah, of course. How could I forget? <laughs> How could I forget Aragon? Uh, but I just. It, you know, if I want to self-publish, I would hire an editor, and they cost thousands of dollars. And that's just—it's a—it's a, a very intimidating thing to invest in your own art. Yeah, it's a very intimidating process, and in I—it—it it makes me respect everyone, including you, Mister Eric Ziganite, who is bold and audacious about it. Uh, I have it, definitely been. I mean, I would use the word stupid, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's it I, is I appreciate your kind words. It is stupid. I mean, that's oh, part of it. Stupid. It feels really dumb to, like, I'm going to, like, okay. I'm going to go, like, I'm facing this problem. I'm like, well, I'm going to, if I'm going to self-publish this, it's, I'm probably going to invest thousands of dollars in between the, between an editor and paying someone to make me a nice cover. And for marketing purposes, whatever that will be. That will cost. A, that's a heavy investment in something that will almost undoubtedly not make that money back. Like there's very small chance that that thing is going to sell enough. Make an, if I sell publish mm-hmm. and make enough money for thousands of dollars, it'd be, it's more about like it's an investment in potentially like a career of that. If I made five more of them and suddenly you know eventually you get a library, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's basically how a lot of self published artists, self published authors work is they have a you know, they build up their name through years of writing lots of books, and yes. you sell your back catalog. Uh, or you can... A long tail. Long tails. Uh, that is brings me to a book I read called Your Book, Your Brand by Dana Kay. It's, uh, it, is a, it is a DIY marketing guy, basically. For you, if you do not, most people who are doing this are not going to be paying a publicist to do their, this work. <laughs> she is a publicist. Uh, she just gives you like, here's easy, like, here's like, I think the thing that, uh, I, this is targeted towards authors, of course, but Mm -hmm. I think the, the, the information in there is, I think, valuable to anyone who is trying to sell themselves, basically, sell their, sell their art. Uh, it just, it, 
is very good shorthand about like, here is how to do these things. Here is, here is, Hey, you want to contact someone? This is how you do it. You want, if you are having a, if you are on Twitter, here's, you know, make sure like it, it is clinical in a way. It's not fun really, but it is very much like, well, if you're trying to do this, like for real, this is what you need to do. This is like, this is how it works. This is, and this stuff is successful this way. And you should do all of these things. And, and like, and she's like, well, here, and like, even the social media ones that are like, here's the social media you should probably concentrate on. Like, don't, like, here's Twitter and here's Facebook, here's Instagram, here's blah, blah, here's like all of them. Focus on if you're, you know, which ones you should you focus your time on? Everyone has a finite amount of time. And considering you're, if you're trying to create art, most of that time should probably be spent on creating art, not, you know, marketing. So you want yeah. to take your a small amount of time you have for marketing and put it in the place that is most effective. And I think it does a really good job at doing that. It is not boring because it is quick and she's she understands that you don't need to pontificate about this stuff. It's quick and dirty. Here, this is what you need to do for this. If you are trying to get a radio interview, this is what you do. If you want to get yourself in a newspaper, here are ways you can do that. Uh, and or here are ways to insinuate yourself into these other systems so that you can get publicity. The general idea of it makes me kind of grossed out. I don't like advertising, even myself. I think that's a that's but, a thing that you definitely need to get over. Yes, I know exactly. You have to self promotion. That is no, it's literally what you need to do. Uh, but that's the name of the game, brah. <laughs> uh, and, and hey, hey, Eric, along those same lines. I am uh, I'm starting a newsletter. I will be writing weekly. Okay. You anyone out there can subscribe by going to tinyletter.com slash Robbie Dorman. Uh, it's really just some links, some things it'll be similar longer write ups for things I have deeper thoughts on that won't be on this podcast basically. Uh, and also just from some writing. I think it's it's a way to stretch to warm up to exercise my writing muscles when I'm not actually writing a book or something. Do the Warren Ellis thing? Yeah, basically. I mean, I, I, I'm, I will, I will not lie, and I, I read his newsletter every week, and I think it's very interesting, and I'm going to certainly pattern, try and pattern myself after it to a certain extent. I don't think I'm going to be able to interview like best-selling authors in mine, but I can do the the my version of it once a week, no spam. If you sign up, mm-hmm. promise. That's it. I've done. I, I, your brother got me back in Overwatch. Of course he did. That sounds like exactly what he would do. He's like he, he and him and his wife are got started playing over Memorial Day weekend for the free weekend. They're like, hey, you want to play? I'm like, yes, yes, I want to play Overwatch. It's still a very good game. They've added stuff to it. I played some today. Also playing a lot of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Still, that game is good. It's really fun. A pan saved my life yesterday. A what did a pan? A, a frying pan. That is interesting. Because if you frying pan is one of the melee weapons you can pick up. And if you equip it, it gets slung on your back if you're not using it, and it will deflect bullets. Someone and someone hit it and uh, deflected a bullet and saved my life. It's really super weird. It is. It's fun. That's a that's a fun game. It's it's very weird but fun. You ready to talk about some Teen Titans, Eric? Mm-hmm. I believe I am. Okay. Then we can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerdbo Book Club. Nerdbo Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club, except it's a comic book. This week we are reading the new Teen Titans, The Judas Contract, uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez, uh, long heralded as a, one of the most important comic books, one of the classics 
You've seen a lot of best of top hundred lists. I've seen it. I, I've heard it bandied about over the you know the, over the years. I've never read it. Thought we could at least check it out. Uh, I was always an X Men kid. I was never a Teen Titans kid. I think there's a I, and that there was a certain Teen Titans were modeled after the X Men on purpose. The 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 re the re, renewed revised X Men. You know the the team with Wolverine and Colossus and Storm and Nightcrawler and all them. Teen Titans came about it because they saw how successful that was and it oftentimes rivaled uh, the, those X-Men comics in its success. Uh, this is probably the one story that is the the biggest. They just had an animated movie come out based on this. It seems like a weird thing. It does read like a lot. Like It's hard for me to not compare. I've not read other Marv Wolfman, I don't think, but it is impossible to not compare him immediately to... Um, Oh my God! Why am I forgetting his name? This is embarrassing. Who Who are we talking about? Uh, X Men writer Chris forever. Claremont. Yeah, Claremont is exactly who I mean. It's hard to not. I mean, it, uh, to me, it just feels like, oh yeah, this is just of that era. Mm-hmm. The, the, these things, the thought bubbles, the weird corniness, like it just that's just the way people did comics. But it's impossible to not compare it directly, uh, knowing what you just said that this was made directly to be the counter argument to be the response mm-hmm. dc saw x-men doing well and were like let's yep. make our version uh and that's what they did teen, and this is this is basically the this is the new teen titans you know the the original there was the original teen titans and then they this book was launched and it's in in we see dick grayson is not a hero for at the beginning of the story uh kid flash has retired you know and we're it's seeing the team kind of reassemble even though that's a marvel word uh to you know moving and to move forward to have a new team new a slightly different makeup uh you know it is for someone who's never read the old teen titan titans books it's jarring to see these characters like you know uh the ones i'm i'm used to the cartoony versions of them frankly Mm-hmm. And this, they're not the cartoony. They're, I mean, they're cartoonish, but their design is more adult. And I think that, I think that's, I don't know. I, did you like this? I just kind of want to forget about it, honestly. I did not dislike it. Okay. It just, I, I don't know. You know, we we read those Claremont X Men. What little we read, mm-hmm. and it felt good. It felt important. It did feel like it was from a bygone era. But I just this this felt so much more forgettable. And I just think in general, like I don't know. I just I just don't like these characters. I just don't enjoy these stories. I mean, it's it 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 was fine. It got me invested. I followed what was going on. It's just. I, I don't know. It just never worked well for me. It's hard to articulate. I just, oh, God. You keep looking at the costumes and how no one, like, they don't even look like they should be on the same page together. God, Deathstroke. <laughs> the, I read this, and I thought it was fine. Yeah. That's, that's where about I, where I am. I just, I think that it's 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 readable. Yeah, I, I you know, think it, it it works, but I don't like it. Yeah, I think I'm more curious about why 
everyone remembers it as being mm-hmm. so I think one it it means more if you've read all the Teen Titans comics leading up to it. Yeah. That's a I think that's very important. I think a lot of those Chris Claremont, Chris Claremont books uh that we have read and that I've read aside from the podcast are mean more to me because of the continuity and because of the characters I have appreciated over the years. Like Days of Future Past means something because I know know all those characters and when I see Wolverine killed by Sentinel, it means something to me. Mm-hmm. Uh I've never had nearly the same affinity for any of the Teen Titans characters. Uh like maybe Nightwing as Dick is probably the only one that I have any kind of really close attachment to. That's because I've read a lot of Batman comics. Uh I don't really care about any of the others and it doesn't help that yeah. they're kind of abrasive in this they're all pretty obnoxious and i can look i i feel like it's the other thing is i'm reading x-men comics they are prob they're they're targeted at teenagers like they're i don't like and adults to a certain extent but i feel like every what everyone on the team is grown up wolverine is a million years old at that point Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. everyone's an adult person. Uh, they're not teenagers. And this is explicitly the Teen Titans. So when you have that corny dialogue, and like, it, it, it feels, it doesn't feel like kids are talking. It it's feels, Archie. it, it's Archie. You're right. It's exactly right. It's Archie. It feels like it's an old dude writing for, writing kids' voices. Mm-hmm. They throw out Michael Jackson twice as a reference. Yeah, I only caught one. I I noted because I went again right when I read it. I'm like twice. Okay, um, it's the same kind of joke too. It's it's Changeling, who they changed his name from Beast Boy for some reason. Mm-hmm. He, then he becomes Beast he's, Boy. He's Changeling at this point. He's yes, he was Beast Boy. Now he's Changeling in this comic, and he changes back to Beast Boy again at a certain point. Because Changeling's not a good name. It's not a. You're right. It's not a good name. Um, but I, I like I looked into it, and I'm I was curious, like, and because a lot of it is the continuity in that it pays off. You know, having a because I mean a certain a certain uh, an important part of this is the is the betrayal element of having this. You know, fresh-faced girl be the traitor amongst the team, and like mm-hmm. you know, you've had if you've read a year's worth of comics up to this point, and she's just another member of the team, and then suddenly she betrays the team. It means more. You have more invested uh, in that. I mean, I have huge problems with Tara, but other than that, I mean, like that makes sense to me. Uh, I think a lot of people like Deathstroke more than I do. Uh, is the other the other thing that I've come to. Real like that's why they like this book a lot. It's because they really like Deathstroke. I don't. I don't think I like Deathstroke. Yeah, I don't see the value of this uh, this terrible character. Uh, I think I I like the idea of him taking down a team by himself. Basically, that's that's mm-hmm. that's fun to me. Oh, he's got a he's got a gimmick chair. It was the dumbest thing. <laughs> Put cy- cyborg in a chair that straps him down and electrocutes him. It's so fucking dumb. <laughs> Oh my god. It was the stupidest shit. I like I like his I I like his backstory. I think that's interesting. Yeah, that was not that was not poor. I think that's cool. I like the idea of him selling out his family for his mercenary work and like they mm-hmm. they do a good job of of all of that. I think I would have 
liked it all more. I, and up until this point, he was a, he was a mystery for the most part. Like I think that's another thing I like people remember this for is that you're reading all these comics and Deathstroke appears and he's this really powerful mercenary, uh, and you don't know much about him and you're, and he's mysterious and why does he have this grudge against the Teen Titans? And then you learn his backstory and it fills in all those gaps. Um, also, Identity Crisis just stole this plot basically. <laughs> That makes me, and then like, I'm just like, wow, I couldn't, I don't know if I could respect Identity Crisis less, but now I do, because they just stole the plot of this, basically, Deathstroke takes out the entire team of superheroes, etc. Has bad uh, representation of women in it, just like Identity Crisis. Uh, it does have footprints on the brain, it, though. It this does, is not. It's true. How could I forget? That makes it superior. <laughs> footprints on the brain. Footprints on the brain. That's, that's terrible. Um, also, this was "quote unquote" dark at the time. Darker, I should say. Mm-hmm. It was. It's nineteen eighty four. This comes out. You're about to get all the Frank Millers, all the Frank Millerness coming out, and change and and Watchmen and all those comics all come out around the same time and change the landscape of comic books. This is before that, and you know the the adults who are reading comic books were craving. More adult stories, quote unquote adult stories. But I, it's hard for me. Like, I, I think I, like, academically, I understand why it was important, like, why people value it. But for me, it's completely, like, I, one, it hasn't aged well for sure. And two, for me, it just is like, I, I don't think, I think if you don't have any attachment to these characters, this is going to be like, why do I, why is this good? Why? Why? The, and the costumes are. This is the pretty birth, atrocious. Birth, yeah. of, birth of Nightwing. This is the first time we see Nightwing. Yeah, he's got suits. Very it feels old fashioned, even for 1984. Oh yeah, it definitely. I like. I feel like that's the weird thing about again is that all these these costumes don't feel like it's not like you look at Deathstroke. I think Deathstroke does. I think his costume alone actually feels. Like it uh, is appropriate. Yeah. But then you look, I don't. This feels more 70s than 80s in terms of the costume design. Yeah, yes, yes, it does. Uh, like Nightwing's costume feels super 70s to me. This Jericho kid looks like <laughs> fucking 70s too. Yeah, Jericho. Never. I was, oh wow, there's I Jericho. Okay, got it. He can be other people for a bit. Yeah, that makes sense why his name's Jericho then. Son of son of Deathstroke. Yeah. I want to talk he's about a, he's a he's a fucking mutant. They say they say he's a mutant. Exactly. Yeah. They're not not, not subtle about it at all. Uh I want to talk about Terra. I'm so curious where you're going with this. I think I'd be way more up on this comic i think i'd still probably mm. be mostly ambivalent but i think i'd probably be like yeah it's worth a look it's worth reading tara makes me go don't even bother reading this tara is the embodiment of so many bad female characters mm-hmm. so many things about her that like one in her construction and and two in the the like the one they make a big they make it is. I mean, and if you read you read interviews with Wolfman, he is clear. Like, yeah, we wanted it to be shocking when she when you find out she's in a, a sexual relationship with Deathstroke mm-hmm. and she's underage. She's sixteen, and 
it's not because Deathstroke's a monster who has, doesn't mind dating 16-year-old girls and using them to infiltrate superhero teams. It's because she's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's explicit that that is the reason she's doing all the things. Why she betrays her team, why she does anything. They don't. They explicitly, in a narrator uh, caption, explicitly say, no, there is no deeper reason. She's just insane. And I was just like... Like I read, I've read, I read reviews like, oh, it makes her tragic. I'm like, no, it makes her badly written. Is what it makes her. Good characters have motivations for the most part. I kind of feel like, I mean, I I agree with what you're saying, but I just I shrugged it off, just simply because at that point I'm just like, this is not a great book. I don't really care (laughs) because they really don't. They don't really explicitly say all that stuff until this fourth issue mm-hmm. in this annual. Yes, you know they don't say they don't spell all that out. No, it doesn't really make sense that someone could be insane, like literally insane. No, I mean that again. And do it makes, these things? It makes no sense. Like that's like it is a it is it is the hey crazy for a reason. Like it's there because there is you couldn't come up like if. I'm sure you could find a reason that she's doing all these things and you could make like the fact that they continually paint Deathstroke as this. That's the thing I really bothers me is them going out of their way to demonstrate. Look at the nuance in Deathstroke. Like here's mm-hmm. his here's his 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 ex-wife and his son who can't who's mute because of mm-hmm. mute because of him. And look at all the stuff. He, he was a uh, top soldier in Vietnam and then. He developed this relationship, close friendship with this other soldier, and now, like, they're all involved in this. Tara is just nothing. She is just a tool. And if they had done the, like, he purposefully, like, Wolfman himself says the words, like, he wanted it to be a shock. He wanted, uh, I wish I had had that quote in front of me. But he purposely, he he wanted it played up that, yes, she's an underage girl and she's a slut. Because she's dating Deathstroke, and I'm like, that is the part that has that has aged incredibly poorly, and I like, I think that's supposed to be the shocking part. You're like, oh, this teenage girl is dating this middle-aged man. Oh, and no, it just makes me go, oh, well, Deathstroke's a sexual predator, uh, and they they did a lot of work to make him look cool, and then Tara is just an insane person that dies. Beast Boy's real sad about it though, because he they kissed once. Mm-hmm. Again, and he's he's the he's the sad, and Deathstroke is sad. But Tara is just an like a caricature of like in an, of a uh, sexually promiscuous, insane woman that is like the monster of the of this comic book for some reason. Well, syphilis does destroy your brain. Not sure if that's a problem in this book. <laughs> I, I mean, that's ultimately like what makes me like a lot of uh, books of this of this era and prior where they feel dated just because of how people wrote comic books, it was different. I would go, I still respect it. I still I still see why it's important in the legacy of comic book art. This is just, with all that stuff in the end, I'm just like, I, this is, you can throw this away. This does not need to remain a part of the canon. I don't, I, I think mostly the positive and still positive aspects of this are firmly rooted in nostalgia. It it doesn't 
I could I I could respect it if it didn't do that stuff. I could go, oh, of course, it it signaled that it was a part of that change that was coming to comic books. But because it has like I can certain comic books, I can go, oh, it has problematic stuff in it, but I can still consider it important. We don't need to throw it away. Which mm. is Frank Miller, a lot of Frank Miller comics. To be fair, like they are very important to comic books. They also have a lot of problematic things in them. This I go the entire like the twist that sells the comic is a, about a 16-year-old insane girl <laughs> being being basically uh a, well, she's a, she ha- she was she was having her monthlies oh jesus christ and uh you know she's like well i'm just going to kill everyone and also there's a lot of other tropey stuff in here like whenever she's not around the team or whenever she had after she's turned she smokes cigarettes because bad girls smoke cigarettes you do look cool smoking cigarettes. I mean, yeah, obviously. It's uh, like it's like smoking a vape. You look like a dork. It's just a truism. And like the 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 clear like oh like the cl- Raven clearly sees things wrong with her. She's almost murders a member of the team. Like there's it's like everyone in the team has to be complete idiots for the trick mm-hmm. to work. And that I mean also- you just you, you just. You, you, I will remind you about the gimmick chair, okay? <laughs> yeah, Cyborg is, like, extraordinarily strong. He, I believe he breaks... Doesn't he lift, like, five yeah. tons at some point in this? Yeah, he's just like, I'm getting stronger. And, and I, then it's like, here's a little little tiny chair. And then I get... It's gonna electrocute you. Yep, I... It's... Yeah, that's not great. Uh, Like, I liked... I liked, I was like, I'm like, I was kind of just like, yeah, this is fine. As I was reading it, enough to propel me forward. I was like, I'll finish this. This is fine. I can do this. It's not a hard read or anything. And then I get to the fourth volume and it's all those things, all the twists. I'm like, ugh, gross. No, thank you. No, thank you, Marv Wolfman. Well, we get this great scene of Nightwing um, wearing his hee-haw shirt, punching himself in the face. Jericho literally looks like an extra on Hee Haw. Jericho uh, is apparently was the character created by uh, George Perez. Mm-hmm. What a brilliant, talented creator, George Perez. I, I, I don't like how Jericho looks. No, no, no one should. No one should. No one our should. Bold, our our bold proclamation: No one should like how Jericho looks. Yeah, I mean his little his blonde perm afro, whatever yeah, that, it is. That look only works in the Shire. It really does. I think that is yeah. exclusively where you can have that look, and it's okay. You, yeah, you go to the Shire with that look, you can get some play anywhere else. You, everyone just looks at you funny. God, what is this? What is this? This this weird fortune telling machine that they strap them all into for again, whatever I, odd reason. Again, the other problem, like that is the big bad. Like it's not Deathstroke at the end. Yeah. It is high purple rope guys. It's high. H I V E. Yeah. Oh goodness. Uh, did, 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 how did I miss that acronym? It they're Yeah, they're bad. They're bad. They're, they're not. Hi, I'm villain already. That's, <laughs> that's what they're, that's what that stands for. <laughs> Oh, I'm villain everybody. That's what I meant to say. Not already. I'm like, that's not how you that spell Hive. Heva. <laughs> everybody, come on. Hi, I'm hi. I'm villain everybody. That's yep. good. That's I'm, good. Let me let me uh let me get my head in the game. Jeez. How dare you? 
they 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 uh you know they respected her enough to carve a sculpture out of her. You know that's nice, right? Their poor insane friend, her wanton lust. Yeah, it's her fault that a mm-hmm. f- however old Deathstroke is. It's like, hey, I'm going to recruit you. It's not anything gross about that whatsoever. <laughs> oh wait, all of it is gross. Jesus Christ, comic books. <laughs> I think that's the pull quote for this episode. And her name is Tara, and her and her superhero name is Tara. Mm-hmm. She's not very creative. Well, she's insane. What can she do? Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're slowly whittling down the list of actually good old comic books. We're just gonna knock them down one at a time. I think to be fair, most of them are still good. We'll get to the no, we'll get to the end of it and we'll be like, all comics are terrible. Podcast over. I mean a lot of them are terrible. Yeah. We'll read them all one by one. I've been reading Frankencastle. Frankencastle's still good. Okay. Give us some. It's sort of it's sort of good in air quotes, but it's still good. No, I like I I uh, unironically enjoy Frank and Castle. Frank Castle riding dragons, fighting you know, like stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Totally cool with that. Anything else you want to say, Eric, about this book? I I I regret reading it. <laughs> I don't regret reading it. I, won't I don't ever, think I, it was I'm, very good. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's very good. I, I think, especially everything about Terra is especially very bad. Uh, I don't regret reading it because now I know I never have to read it again. Mm. I, I've read this quote-unquote important comic book, and now I go, "Oh, it's it's a bad. It's a all the people who think it's good. I don't understand you. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. I I I I don't I don't yeah I don't I I don't get it sometimes. I guess I think. Maybe they just re- I it makes me like Deathstroke less at the end of the day, I think. Somehow. Is that really possible? I think it is. I think I was mostly ambivalent towards Deathstroke. It was just a thing that existed and I ignored. Now I go, oh, what, right, he did this thing and instead of making it look him mostly cool, it made him look like uh, uh, a child molester. I mean, Robbie, children are just not going to molest themselves. I thought you were gonna. Somebody's got to do it, and it might as well be a dude with a Colonel Sanders chin beard. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus, I was gonna thought you were gonna pull out like uh, Age of Consent uh, references to in certain states, which. Well, I mean, t- yeah, they are sometimes that that age. Younger in some states, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Those are the ones you don't take your kids to. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't live there. Yep. Uh, so. I didn't. I had, uh, before I read this book, I had no idea what kind of discussion we would have. So surprise! It's one of the ones where we just complain about it. <laughs> so particularly uh, uh, an especially salty episode. Yeah. Uh, so that'll do it for the new Teen Titans: The Judas Contract Forever. We might reference it uh, for how bad it is at some point again, but that's about it. Uh, in a, in a month's time, we're going to be, both Eric and I, we both very busy over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, so we will be reconvening in early July, uh, July, over July 4th weekend. Uh, we will have another episode and then we will be reading for Nerd Boy Buck Club. We'll be reading Journey, the whole complete Journey into Mystery uh, by Karen Gillan and 
uh, Doug, Braith- Doug Braithwaite, Pascal Ferry, uh, Rich Ellison, we'll say Portasio, uh, Mitch Breitweiser, a lot of varying artists like Marvel does with their latter day comics where they don't, where they have to have a million artists do the, the, the comic, which I'm sure will be a topic of discussion. But uh, Kid Loki, it's a thing I've always wanted to read about, and everyone talks about how good it is. So I'm interested mm. uh, to discuss in a month. So Exciting. Pl- plenty of time to read. Uh, you can get and uh, Amazon has a ridiculous sale right now for digital uh, copies of many many books, including Journey in a Mystery. You can get the complete Journey in Mystery for like six dollars, uh, which is a really good price. And a lot of other really good essential comic books uh, you can get uh, for very very cheap for pennies on the dollar. Like literally, some of them are less than a dollar for for some trades. So uh, there, you should go check that out if you haven't. Uh, even if you don't regularly read uh, digital comics, it's it, you can read it in Kindle or Comixology or on your computer, and they're a very cheap way to easily get these comics. Uh, that's a month from now. I think that'll do it for us. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Links to everything there to our Facebook is facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. Twitter at hbchour. You can email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, like us. Follow us. Give us a nice review on iTunes or give us a nice review on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. I've been saying that for years now. It's going to take a long time to break it. Uh, this is, to be fair, this really was the moment to change the name on it. Yeah, right in time for the explosion of popularity of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, I mean, they're. I'm just like really giving them the slow clap on that one. Much like post Steve Jobs Apple, they're doing a bang up job. Mm-hmm. So good. They the next they're going to remove the headphone port on your Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. to save a millimeter of width. Mm-hmm. Very important. They're 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 going to remove the screen mm-hmm. from your uh, from your iPhone. You don't need a screen. Yeah. You just tell it to do a thing and it does it right. You don't yeah. need to actually use you, visual. Yeah. You you operate it entirely from your uh, your Bluetooth headphones that you know you need a dongle for to plug into your Thunderbolt jack. And you can't it describes the screen to you, and you can't charge it while you're using it. What? No, that's the that's the new. Uh, you can't you can't use the the Thunderbolt. There's only a Thunderbolt port. Oh, yes, so you that's what you mean. You can't charge it while you're plugged. That that's plugged in. You can't do both those things at once unless you have this special fancy wireless charging system, which is hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Of course, it is. I'm 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 I believe I have my, I'm on my last iPhone. I don't think I'll be. Going back. There are a lot of people jumping ship. Uh, I welcome, brother. <laughs> well, whenever this one wears out, it might still be a while, but what are we doing? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Simple. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? What an awesome question. Uh, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com and see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Twitter and my Instagram, where I am known as Easy Good Night on both. But now, yep, you, you you have to do that for me. I felt it needed it. Okay, I just sort of let I just been letting it ride, you know. Mm-hmm. Just been letting it go. Letting it go. Mm-hmm. That'll do it for us today. That will do it for us today. Have a good one. Rock and roll.